0: Hello and welcome to the Sound in Picture podcast. This is our very first episode. I'm your host. uh, My name is Yavor Zogravsky. I am a music producer, a sound engineer and also founder of Sound in Picture. So I started this podcast with the idea to invite different audio and visual artists and entrepreneurs from the art field, uh, both to learn something new to connect with new people and also to present um, inspiration, maybe new knowledge, motivation for you, our audience. And I'm very happy to have the first guest and launch this podcast with a fruit, uh, a musician who makes really sick tunes and who's going to share her story uh, and something about the industry. So hey, Anna, how are you doing? Nice to meet you.
1: (laughs) Hello, nice to meet you. And thanks for the compliment on my music. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad to talk with you today uh, and just having my morning coffee. Uh, so hopefully we will, I will w- wake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for people obviously... who
0: are listening and watching, Anna was making tunes till two o'clock last night. So, um, <laughs> she needs to be time to wake up, but, um, yeah. So yeah. Tell us a bit more about yourself. Uh, when, how did you start making music? Did you learn this or are you self-taught?
1: Uh, well i've been loving music for basically all my life and when i was a child i was um, um, like uh, learning music and dancing i didn't finish the music school but i used to play the guitar like i learned uh, to play with a teacher when i was like 13 years old and later like um I don't know, by the end of high school, I discovered that I can make electronic music and I just did a dive into that and still kind of swimming in that world of sounds. Yeah, so it's been a long time, like around like um, almost 15 years since I opened Ableton for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. so yeah you just learn it by yourself and just trial and error and do you think like watching tutorials is uh, something important or would you like rely just on practice and figuring out stuff by yourself
1: Uh well at the time when i were starting it there were no many tutorials uh, i mean i think youtube just Uh, appeared (laughs) and then like it was the year 2008 probably so mostly I was figuring things out by myself just by like trying like deleting trying again Uh, and I feel like if I did have an opportunity to watch a lot of tutorials to see how other people are doing that, uh, it will be much faster and easier for me to learn. So now, if I have some question, I never hesitate, like searching that on YouTube and seeing like how others are uh, doing something. Um, so yeah, I would recommend, I mean, uh, I would recommend to check out the source, like who is that person who who is explaining because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of shit out there on YouTube and like, sometimes you can do things uh, easier and better than someone's advising, but there are some channels like, which are really trusted and you, can use it for your production um, easily. Yeah, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've also seen some tutorials where they just say wrong things. They're just totally wrong. And um, even some students of mine because I also teach music productions some students of mine come to me and send me some videos and tell me, oh this guy told me to do this and this online and I'm like, no, this is like totally the opposite way so yeah, you you really need to pick your sources right and um, just um, also try to to figure stuff out so yeah, you you discovered electronic music which electronic style was your, let's say, first love and um, influenced you to carry on with a fruit
1: mm, uh, well i wouldn't say it was one genre <clears throat> because as you can hear uh a music is like pretty much between genres and uh, but yeah I, I i definitely um think that footwork and uh, like footwork juke music uh, switched my, uh, style, I'd say that, uh, in, uh, probably it, it was, um, also influenced, I mean, I'm sure it was, my music was influenced by, like, experimental artists, by, like, early Hyperdub, uh, and Ninja Tune, uh, Planet Moon. um, this kind of uh idm idm stuff
0: Mm. and you've grown up in in russia right in moscow or saint petersburg uh
1: yeah i was born in moscow and uh, most of my life i spent there and then i moved to saint petersburg just around five years ago
0: Mm. was there a scene when you were starting like in the footwork or uh, even jungle was it there like
1: Mm it it was always very small yeah it uh not not a scene even just like uh, some particular producers who are uh making something in this kind of genre or, or close to it uh but uh i literally had to uh develop the that scene myself i i wouldn't say that i made the scene or i actually developed it but I did make some parties, invite a couple of artists, so we at least had something going on uh, in this, in this genre.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. If you, if yeah. you organize parties, you're definitely influencing the, the scene for sure. And especially if there aren't much parties like uh, this already happening in the same place and
1: uh yeah there there wasn't and uh i think it, it was just a few people who were sometimes uh doing something a, a little bit earlier maybe in like 2011 12 the, uh, there were some more promo promo groups um uh, like uh, liking uh footwork and even dj rashad was uh, brought to moscow Back then, and also we had, uh, I think, even several times. Uh, for several times, we had like Hyperdup nights with like scratcher DVA and Iconica. Um, but yeah, that was many years ago. Yeah, N- nowadays, yeah, uh, it's it's very different. Different times
0: what was your first uh, label deal? How did you discover them? Or did they discover you? Would you think that it's best to first reach out to labels or wait for them to to contact you?
1: My first release was uh, on a Polish based label called sequel one records. Uh, And actually, it's it were they who discovered me. But the way uh, that is not working anymore (laughs) because uh they literally found my tracks in soundcloud groups uh i think they are not existing anymore like there were just groups where you could post your tracks and i didn't release my tracks i didn't know where to send them but i was just constantly reposting (laughs) them in these groups uh because I wanted to reach more people. I didn't know how to grow my audience and stuff. And somehow they, uh, found it there. Um, uh, but I do think it is important to send your music out to labels if you want, uh, to release, uh, to release it all the time. And it's especially important to make this first step, like to find your first label, because, um, after I got this first release, it it, it wasn't a big uh, or very well known label, but it was known within the community of like footwork and like footwork jungle 160 BPM music. So it found its uh, initial like first listeners from where it can start to spread uh more so uh and i think if i were reaching out to labels it would uh, work eventually as well it's just uh important to choose you know, like uh, a, a few no no one label but a few uh uh not necessary as i said not not necessarily it have to be big or very like known uh, but just something that is within the scene, like maybe it's some label by an artist from your genre or something like that. Uh, but yes, I I advise uh, everyone, and I hope you guys will send your music out, because sitting and complaining that <laughs> it's you have nowhere to release the music doesn't help. Only sending it out to labels help.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You need to be very proactive, especially nowadays, because the market is oversaturated. Music technology and information is so easily accessible, so everybody can really start doing this. So, so yeah, and you're you're about to... Actually, this podcast is going to air after your US tour, right?
1: Yes, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I've been there... uh, Last time I've been there, three years ago, before covid and now it's the first time i fly so far away with my music again and
0: is this like your second tour over there or your third
1: uh yeah i'd call it the second i mean i was there for two times in 2019 but it was just in one summer so uh yeah and uh, my visa got burned uh, w- w- with the COVID. <laughs> so no, I I happily got another one.
0: And let's say you're already like um, a talented musician who knows music production and who does good job at DJing here and local clubs and local scene. Uh, and you want to, to play outside. How should you approach this? Uh, how would you find a booking agent or a manager do you need that is it an essential piece and uh, just like can we take a sneak peek behind the curtain of just booking shows and finding your first booking manager and -hmm. just the role in this Mm -hmm. Uh, uh
1: well i think that if you wants to have a career as a dj i mean like constantly having uh shows and stuff uh you would uh, need to have an agent because it's a lot of work it's like you need to get it in contact with all um the promoters Uh, i mean they should get in contact with you they should like get you tickets like uh, hospitality and uh, uh i mean it's a lot of work which i prefer that someone would help me to do because uh, i'm not very good at organizing at uh, uh, like time management like i'm more like this uh, crazy (laughs) uh, artist thing that that will go to sleep at two at night like and can easily like oversleep something (laughs) so uh Agency really helps with all that bureaucracy questions with emails and stuff. But the thing that agency can't help is, as I uh, feel, it can't help you to grow your audience or to get much more promoters reaching out. Uh, This is pretty much depend depending on how much music do you release like how seen are you i mean how uh, often you appear in like interviews in like some mixes series in uh, like in social networks and all this uh, stuff makes people want to book you but uh, what doesn't make uh, people want to book you is some agent that is like writing them every week, like, Oh, do you want to get my (laughs) artist, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, uh, it's uh, often uh, I think that people often misunderstand like what the role of an agent is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, so usually you would say that the clubs and promoters should contact the agent and not the other way around
1: yes mo- most of the time yes i mean the agent can reach out to some promoters who are already aware of who you are or maybe to try to show them uh like their artists music but uh yeah i feel like even the agency itself gets interested to work with an artist when they see that artist is growing the artist is releasing a lot of music uh and uh I mean, uh, it's sad, but yeah, the uh, the market is so fast, and it has so many people in there that, uh, like nowadays, we need to do much more than just uh, make music. You know, we need to to be basically everywhere.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, take care of promotion like even make um, post something on social media even, even if you don't like social media or even if you um, don't feel like you have to do all this stuff. And mm-hmm. what would be your approach of finding an agency or a booking manager like is it the same as a label do you send a multiple emails to some agencies or is it more like they should reach out first?
1: Um uh... Uh, I can't speak for everyone I mean probably it's uh, different like sometimes maybe some people can reach out to agencies and somehow start working with them I don't know but in my case it was always someone uh, reaching out I I actually I don't have an agency for Europe yet (laughs) I just moved uh, to Spain but like I I have I mean sometimes people are reaching out to me about bookings, but uh I'm about to wait like until I have someone <laughs> who can help me with that. yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I think um, it's better to just uh, be seen and maybe after that to post something on your socials like when you had a couple of good releases and stuff and people can see that you're working hard <laughs> then you can uh, post um, on your socials uh, that you're looking for an agent and then maybe ask uh, friends to repost it uh, maybe if you have some friends who have a lot of followers I mean that's how I was uh, looking for a job <laughs> um, just uh, shouting, shouting everywhere that I need it and then eventually, it helped.
0: Yeah, yeah, and maybe the the agencies are also following some of their favorite labels. And when you release on a certain label, the agent is gonna hear your music and discover you that way. So I guess both are really interconnected. And sometimes even the label is also an agency, and they also throw parties. They can be even a promoter, an agent, and label it all at once. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course.
0: <clears> hmm. <throat> Yeah, that's interesting. And um do they usually take a percentage or a flat rate when they like the agent when a booking happens?
1: Uh yes, I think it usually between like ten and twenty percent. Uh but depending on like how much uh, work are they doing. Sometimes maybe more if they uh like run festivals by themselves and like doing like a huge amount of work. But yeah, regular is like Ten or fifteen or twenty percent uh, fee from uh, from your uh, artists' uh, booking fee, so they just take a part.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, this is interesting stuff because um, I I follow some podcasts, but I've never heard like a music podcast talking about this part of the the industry, which is kind of like the the only part where a musician can earn income nowadays except commercial projects, of course, which you're doing. Actually, you are making also sound and music for games and commercials, videos. How did you did you start? Like, what's your focus right now? Do you make more music for games? And do you actually think that you should be a gamer to to make good audio for games? Mm. Uh,
1: Starting from the last question. No, I don't think it's necessary to be a gamer. I do think it's important to uh, have some experience in playing games. So at least you can understand some mecha- mechanics, like of different kinds of games. Of, co- uh, I mean, like uh, the difference between like ar- arcade and uh, I don't know RPG and uh, like board game. This is something that's important to know. But you don't have to play uh, games uh, like. 20 hours <laughs> a day like seven seven days a week uh, so you can be able to work in game industry even maybe it's better that you don't play that much so you have some time to work yeah and uh yes and uh, your another question regarding how i uh got there and what i'm mostly working on uh i got there because i was uh, skeptical about uh, getting money with my experimental music. I wasn't like from the start, I didn't have that uh, approach that I will get a lot of money, that I will get famous. No, I mostly was just uh, wanting to make something I like and uh, I don't know, and sometimes travel and DJ. <laughs> Uh so yeah I was just uh, thinking uh, like uh, what in what field uh, can I apply my knowledge like um I it, it's the thing that I like to do and I can do the best is produce something produce sounds so yeah I just started to shout as as I told you like shout on socials that I make music I make this kind of sounds just put a little por- por- portfolio and, um, uh, uh, eventually some like, uh, uh, game development, uh, guys reached out to me because they liked the stuff I posted. And then they gave me a test, uh, task test job and, uh, I'm still working for them. Like nine years later, oh,
0: <laughs> like, nine years. For actually the same, a lot of time.
1: About the same team um but yeah regarding um commercials advertisements it was like also um just um, some uh director was looking for uh sound designer composer and somehow uh, people i worked with before they remembered that my style of music was similar to what she was looking for so it's uh, always, like in, in the commercial field, it's very often that you worked once uh, and um, if you do well, like other people start to reach out. So in the commercial field, they, people just recommend workers to each other.
0: <laughs> like a snowball effect. It's yeah. It's hard to start, but later on you get inertia and... Uh...
1: If you if you are doing it well, if they like your work, that will work.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is um, this is a field where you just can't hide mistakes. Like if you're maybe an I don't know if you work as an accountant or something else, your mistakes wouldn't be that visible. Or they maybe I don't know. But if you're a musician making music, like it's out there. You can hear everything. And and also yeah, of course, quality and relationships are really the most important thing. Like building a strong relationship with the director who's going to remember you next time they get another gig. And in terms of uh, creating the sound for video and games, is there a different approach when you make music for both?
1: Well, I like uh, like to work on both, but uh, I recently just got into working with advertisement and um, I'd say it's a little bit more money in that field of uh, advertisement and it's a little bit uh, faster producing and like it's a bit more stressful but it is interesting with the games i mean the game can be developed for a long time and you can do this like a track a month and uh, it, it, it is like kind of i mean it's different on different projects but projects, which I worked on, they were kind of stretched in time. And um, and it's a lot of uh, sound design. So it's also a lot of uh, um, short sounds, uh, which are interesting to make, but it's kind of becomes a routine when you make hundreds of them. In the advertisement, you have this uh, whole uh, video Um, which has the start and the end, (laughs) and And usually 30 seconds or one, yes, 30 seconds, and you usually just have like two weeks to or something um, like that to finish. Uh, so it's just uh, you don't have time to get bored (laughs) of that, so that's the difference.
0: And in games, you still create the sounds in in Ableton, and then you export them and give them to another person who uses a different software to integrate them, right? Or uh,
1: in my case, yes, but it's often like, uh, especially if you are working for like big gaming company, for example, like Rockstar Games or something. It's usually uh, yeah, if you see the uh, job offer on um, like uh on the internet they ask for you for the sound designer to also know uh these programs for integration like uh like uh W-wise, uh f mode you also need to know like um, the engines for games like unity for example um <clears throat> this is like a complex knowledge for uh game Dev, sound designer uh, it is uh, uh, possible to learn like i mean if you spent uh, like a couple of weeks on this programs it will be nothing uh nothing difficult if you already can use ableton for example,
0: Oh, really? Because it sounds it. Um, like mentioning all engines and stuff sounds completely different. But if you say a couple of weeks, that's actually pretty short oh, well,
1: term. Too. Well, if you really, really want it, I mean, it still needs experience of like months or even years that you get a deal in that, but at least, I mean, to have basic knowledge to be able To work on that, I think, yeah, you can spend a few weeks learning and uh, reading manuals (laughs) and uh, that will work. But as uh, for me, uh, I was just lucky to get this uh, kind of job in game dev where they didn't use uh, these standard engines. They had their own engine for the game and uh, uh that's why they had a person like who were uh making all the integration of the sounds and still i only do that creative uh part of work where i uh do uh, produce sounds and music and then yes other person is integrating it
0: how do you clear your head after a session or a whole uh week of working on advertisements and actually when you work on such commercial projects do you find time to make your own music or do you need to separate those and just find different periods
1: uh well it's always different Uh, i can say i have the recipe of like cleaning head and switching between uh, projects but uh, i like i do like Doing several projects at the same time, uh, not I mean not having two Abletons open, <laughs> but like uh, in the day I can work on uh, uh, on my commercial project, yeah, on a game or advertisement for like uh, a three for three hours. Then I I get uh, lunch, and then for like two or three hours I can sit on my own track, and then later after dinner. Uh, and I don't know, watching some YouTube, I get back to the commercial project again. So that's how I like to work. I can even work on uh, like uh, three or four tracks uh, during one day. And I always uh, move a little bit on all of them. So it's not like I work on, on, on one thing and I forget completely about all my other projects but sometimes it's just too much like if you have a lot of work uh it's just uh, no inspiration or, and no power to work also on music or mixes or something else so uh as i feel the main thing is have uh, is to have enough rest is to not making things in a panic not rushing and that's how they usually um, turn out more uh, of a good quality. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you rely on inspiration to hit you or do you just uh, force it out?
1: sometimes i get stuck i really can't uh move forward on the track and uh, it doesn't matter if it's a commercial track or my track just sometimes you get in that state i'm jealous to people who don't get <laughs> i don't know if uh, yeah probably they exist but yeah simple stuff helps like going out uh, like uh, meeting some friends like i mean just uh, switching to some other stuff especially some social stuff that it it helps uh, me like if i switch to some other person's uh, story or yeah just just i need just to do something else that will make me forget about that track for some time and then when i come back it's a lot of chances that i will fastly move forward but i think it doesn't make sense to uh, like put uh, pressure on yourself like when you can't do it like if i see it and can and if i can't choose the snare for like 30 minutes <laughs> i'm saying to myself like hey stop <laughs> it's not uh, the best moment you should uh, somehow clean your head and then try again. And that works like day, the day later, or even a few hours later, I come back and it goes well.
0: Yeah, with some self compassion. And in this podcast, we're also going to ask some of the musicians to share uh, some of their projects and talk about uh, a tune that they made. So now we were talking about uh, you showing us um, a project on your screen and maybe first it's best to actually hear the track. And then we can discuss um, the story behind it. Maybe you can show us um, how you arranged it.
1: Uh, This is a track called 2036. From my last EP on Yugo, it's like kind of uh, political. Uh, it was just 2020 when Putin changed the main law of the country uh, to rule until 2036. And this track has only uh, a few lyrics saying, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and that was uh, like how people did not react on that. And it was like, I was disappointed by, uh, like, um, just how easy it went for the dictator to, to take more power. Mm. So mm. that's about the name of the track and it is quite a dance one. Uh, my idea is to uh, add some changes to the rhythm uh, so I can have something fresh to play in the US. I mean, uh, it will be still my track, but it will sound different and a little bit surprising maybe. That's the thing I learned from I heard other producers making, like uh, making edits of their own tracks for uh, their live shows and i liked the idea and not very often but sometimes i do that and this time i decided yes to change this track a little bit let's hear how it sounds So as you can hear I changed the kick and the in the, ba- the bassline, uh and it completely changed the vibe of the track. It's uh still kind of good for the dance floor, but it's totally different rhythm. So yeah, what I did is I just took the same uh the same bassline yeah, and I kept this rhythm together with the kick and uh, and i just changed a few other sounds i removed a couple of tracks and it's and now it sounds like almost a different track uh, so I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah, we're actually towards the end of the podcast. So, you see anything you want to share before we wrap this up?
1: Yeah, it was very nice to talk with you. And uh, yeah, uh, if anyone wants to find uh, my stuff, you can just uh, put a dot fruit without space, just to get, like one word, a fruit, um, on Spotify, Apple Music. SoundCloud, you can also find me on Instagram as Fruit Base. And uh, yeah, I wish everyone a lot of inspiration and um, yeah, hopefully I'll make something for your Sound in Picture blog uh, someday. I really like your work.
0: Thanks, thanks a lot. So, yeah, it would be yeah. great to have you on <laughs> and do a release with you as well, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. For the people that um, want to find us out, make sure to visit us at soundinpicture.com or just write Sound in Picture and, um, on Facebook or Instagram or SoundCloud or we have also Spotify playlists. So, um, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, just make sure you follow us on the podcast page on your favorite platform. And um, we've prepared many interesting guests. We really want to keep it uh, consistent. So you can expect a variety of different, interesting stories from people. And um, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for for being part of this and uh, see you soon.
1: Thanks to you. Bye-bye.